Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I got just so much exciting things to tell you today, and uh, we had a great trip in Guatemala. Those of you that are joining us this morning, maybe for the first time, I just want to, you know, uh, well, you're going to hear some testimony this morning, see some videos, see what's going on, but we've been working in Guatemala for 2004, I believe, was our very first time to buy the property in Guatemala and begin to uh, work in partners with Brother Ivan Tate to uh, uh, develop a, a ministry down there of rescuing orphans. And uh, we've been working hard and, and uh, doing a lot, of, a lot of amazing things. And I, I, was, I was just telling Gary a while ago that sometimes, you know, like when, you, when anything you do, you start building a business, you do anything, your, your first initial investment, you know, it's kind of hard because you're pouring money into something and you're not seeing maybe a result. You know, and so those are the hard days, but we're in the glory days right now. We're getting to see the fruit coming from this ministry. We're getting to see what God is doing and developing uh, children to be amazing uh, men and women of God. And uh, so you're going to get to see some of that, but we got uh, some people that went down there with us uh, on this trip. And so would y'all come up, come on up, and I want you to say something. And while y'all are talking, Christy's going to be flipping some pictures up. Because see, if I just go all the time, they may just think I'm just making it all up. But if I got some verification here from somebody, I just turned it off. Just don't. Well, it's only y'all three here this morning. So Do you want to go, go first? for it. <laughs> well, come stand next to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what I can say is the old gray mare is... <laughs> is not what she used to be. <laughs> this orphanage was built on the side of Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and had it not been for Darlene and Laura and Kimberly's mule, I wouldn't be standing here, I tell you what. <laughs> but... Um, it's absolutely beautiful. The building, the, the church is, what, twice as big as this sanctuary? It's this and then another one. And uh, the pictures don't do it justice, but it's beautiful. The children were beautiful. I found a uh, little Erica that I had met a couple of years ago. And I guess her picture, there we are. That was two years ago. And I thought that she was about five well, she was eight in that picture. And uh, do you have that other one of this year? There she is. There she is again. And now she's 10. But anyway, it was a real, it was a real joy to her. And uh, Darlene and I had so much fun uh, hugging them. And we would tell them our names. Uh, she's Mimi and I'm KK. And so we would hug them and tell them our names and everything. And, oh, we got to do so many things. We... Um, You'll see some big crates, black crates coming, and and that was uh, just there. They are. You're good. Um, we those those duffel bags on the top are 13 duffel bags full of new clothes and shoes that uh, Ivan's Church in Atlanta sent. Not Atlanta, is it? Okay, that they sent over there. They they accumulated this over one year. Oh, there's, get your little self up here, sweetie. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
then we separated all of these clothes that are in those crates down there, and that took a while. But the system there is that each one of these houses that house the children, um, they gather up all of their clothes that they've grown out of that they can't wear anymore, and they get them in bags, they take them to Kimberly, and then they have kind of like a, what would you call it? Like a, a thrift store. <laughs> and they get to go in there and they get to pick what they need for their kids from that. That way they don't accumulate a bunch of, a bunch of closets full of old clothes. And then they take those clothes and they take them down to the widows down the road. And those widows are ministered to and they give them to their grandchildren and their neighbors. And so it just kind of cycle keeps going on and on and on. And even the widows have been blessed and been saved from the ministry on Kilimanjaro. So anyway, <laughs> didn't you think so? <laughs> anyway, it was a good trip. We had a lot of fun. Ate gourmet meals three times a day. Um, swept that building. And there we are out, out in the front. Kimberly, uh, that was a pano. She's in three different places if you see her there. And she was running around, you know, over here. And then she'd run around behind the camera as Joe was going real slow. And she's in the middle. And then she's over at the end. But the church does not look like that. <laughs> but anyway, it was awesome. It was fun. You want it? it was a great trip. Uh, I just can't tell you how the feeling that you have once you step on that property. You feel like you're in this dome that's covered by God and prayer, and everybody is so sweet and so patient because uh, we ask a million questions. Where's this? Where's that? And um, it was just a very productive trip. The church is just absolutely gorgeous, and you can it sits on top of the hill, and you can hear the music for a whole big, huge canyon. It's amazing. And uh, I had an entertainment for my sweet husband who is always quick to laugh at me. Uh, I try not to go to the restroom on the plane because it just is too claustrophobic for me. And we were almost to Guatemala City and I just could not wait longer. And so I brought back to my seat with me about a yard of toilet paper on my shoes. <laughs> and I thought the plane was gonna wreck. Frankie was laughing so hard. And so I'm telling you this because I'm sure he was going to expound on that. He would not let me because he laughed so hard. But we had a wonderful time, and I could not have traveled with better people. They just had so much fun, and we were treated so well, and it was so hard climbing Kilimanjaro. <laughs> but we did it. Through Christ, we did everything, and we and I wish I hope we showed as much love as the orphans and the staff showed to us because it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if I can do this without bawling my eyes out, but I tried to write some stuff down so I didn't forget. Um, going to Guatemala was a miracle in itself because I had had. A car accident several weeks before and I didn't think I was gonna get to go but anyway God worked that out and I'll tell you about that later but um, I was so blessed to get to not only go with my church family and get to know them better and fellowship with them um, but over a hundred people 
I'm going to stick with this because I already feel myself about to cry. Over 100 people obeyed the voice of God to go. People from all over, those who would have never met, except that God willed it so. We were there for five days, and we got to engage and had the privilege of playing with the kids, and there was this one little girl. There's always that, that one. She wanted me to carry her back and forth on the monkey bars. And I went back and forth and back and forth until I thought my arms were going to fall off. I mean, I just held her up, and we just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And when I came back and I shared that story with a friend, here it goes. He said, no, that feeling was a gift that your arms were going to fall off. He said, you loved her enough not to quit. I know a man who hung on a cross whose arms felt like that. And he didn't quit either. He said, you will forever see his love in those kids' eyes. Sorry. In three days, which that alone is funny, God does a lot in three days. Hashtag Easter. <laughs> anyway, in three days we watched. And we were a small part of finishing out a church building. Three widows' houses were built. We laid hands on the hurt and the broken. We saw the unstoppable force of the gospel of Jesus Christ breaking chains and spreading down the mountain of Casa Angelina. God is moving and he has been. He has been since Jesus came into the picture and he left and the gospel has spread in a way that's absolutely unstoppable. 2,000 years ago, this movement started with a man named Jesus who was killed in an effort to stop the movement, but something very different happened. It exploded and people began to convert by the thousands and the ten thousands leading us to today, 2019, when we're in this little bitty group of people, this small cowboy church. And we're streaming to thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands are all over the world and gathering under the teachings of this one, Jesus Christ, and it started with a small group of people. Evangelism doesn't have to be difficult. Matthew 5 says that you're the light of the world and darkness cannot hide it. Darkness cannot hide the light and you cannot be hidden wherever you go. You shine the light in Guatemala, the coffee shop, the school, the place of business. The God of this universe has you right where you are, that you would shine a light. There are people where we are and within our partners that we partner with at this church who have needs and we cannot go back to being naive Christians and go to church and then go back home. We have to meet these needs. And I just wanted to tell you, um, sorry, just these scriptures that came. So when they had come together, they had asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Goodness gracious. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. The Father has fixed his own authority, but you will receive power. You, you will receive power through the Holy Spirit when he has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, Utopia, Uvalde. And the Gospels were added to the numbers daily in Acts 2. More believers than ever were added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, Acts 5. The Lord added to their numbers, Acts 19. Peter and John were arrested, and these Sadducees were all upset, telling them not to preach in that man's name. And he said, you mean the God who raised Jesus from the dead to forgive your sins? The one who, if you trust in, 
You won't die but have eternal life, the Messiah that sits at the right hand of the Father. I can't teach in that man's name. In Acts 19, he says, You hear that not only in Ephesus, but almost in all of Asia, Paul has persuaded and turned a great many of people, saying that the gods made with hands are not gods at all. We're taught that we're losing, and we're not. When I went to Casa Angelina, it shows that we're not losing. The gospel is just trickling down into the city. And I was sitting with Laura, and she reminded me of something. And can I tell them what you said? Um, I was kind of upset, and I said, you know, these prosperity gospel pastors should be ashamed of themselves because that, that message doesn't work here. It doesn't work in Africa. I'm, I'm so frustrated with hearing give and get. We're in a consumer American Christianity, and she was telling me that she looked down and she saw Guatemala and all the poverty, and she's like, man, how do we fix this? And God told her, you tell them about me. And she said, Jen, that's the prosperity. So someone who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody for 2,000 years who told you, and you're sitting right here, so don't let it stop here. Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. There was only about 90 people saw the toilet paper, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I mean, we had to laugh. That's one thing we've been able to do after... Almost 50 years of marriage now, another month. So anyhow, we can let, oh, look right here. I might tell a little story about that. I think that's a couple of young kids that uh, were actually pretty new there. And when at the end, they were doing a lot of dancing. And I was trying to get John, or Juan, is the, and that's Carol, to get out there. But they were against the wall. So anyhow, I was just able to talk to them right there at the last. And uh, had a cool little water bottle, and I gave it to him just so you remember, it has my name on it. And then I thought, uh-oh, how did I start? So I had to go ask Kimberly if it was okay. Anyhow, that was my little last moment thing. But what I wanted, felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about today was when we were seeing what was happening down there, um, Psalms 133 jumped in my spirit. And my translation of that uh, in perfect scripture is uh, it's a really cool thing, great thing when Christians come together in unity. And it's really cool when you feel experience that oil pouring all over your head, down on your shoulders, and stepping out in the dew and the mist and getting saturated in his presence. That's where the blessing is. So you can look that up. It's the whole psalm. Read it for yourself. I experience all four things there. It's a great thing to be in unity. It's a great thing to have the experience of having oil poured on your head. I've actually felt that, experienced that. And it's a great thing to be in the presence where you're saturated, and it's a great thing to see the blessings there. That's what's happening down there. And y'all are all a part of your doing it. And uh, one of the associate pastors, Jeremiah, asked me, what's your experience that you like the most down there? And, and I, man, I had a hard time because I got to work with pastor. Actually, uh, we spent the whole time working on the water wells. If y'all know, it's water's kind of critical down there. And, and I believe through pump savers and timing and changing a few things. Or I believe we probably, what, double or triple the, maybe the water output. So pastor made pastor the happiest ever been. <laughs> and uh, made me happy because I said, we're going to start a business and uh, compete with Chad. And he says, okay, I like competition. Do it, and then I'll buy you out. Well, Chad, it's for sale right now. <laughs> uh, just come to me after church. We'll work out a deal. But what I saw in there was a transformation, the word that spoke to me, because uh, we 
I think it was my sixth or seventh trip down there. I can't remember. But uh, little kids, one little girl, Kimberly, uh, was about three or four or five. Like I say, it's hard to know the ages, but she's 15 now, so she was in there about maybe four. Sat in my lap and laughed, and her and another little girl laughed at me trying to speak Spanish. Uh, and so I told her about it, and she just thought that was so cool that I remembered it. And so she hung around pretty good. And so you see that transformation. And I'm waiting to see that picture of those two kids getting transformed because it's happening. And a cool thing for me, there was a couple of visions. I actually have one myself. But in the morning, we met as a team, part of us that were staying there and prayed for the day, over the day. And Kimberly shared a, it's okay if I share that? You didn't, didn't want to get on your thunder or anything. But uh, part of that vision she had was a field and it had a lot of growth out there producing good good stuff. But in it was grass burrs. And the grass burrs, and the Lord spoke to her in the vision and saying, you know, if you just keep pouring in good things and good things without removing the grass burrs, they're still there. And so what in the vision, it was God basically showing, pull out the grass burrs. And then when you pour in the good seed, it will produce more and better uh, without grass burrs. And, and that's what's happening there. Kids come in shy, and it was fun to watch them because you see the ones that are starting the transformation, those that have been transformed, and the process in between, the freedom that they're having there. And I thought a little plug for Freedom Prayer. I thought about that, Lex, that, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing in Freedom Prayer. And we keep pouring in blessings, pouring in blessings, but if we don't remove the stickers in our life, they're still there. And then the vision I had during praise and worship that kind of overwhelmed me during the praise and worship was. Uh, you've seen those heart pictures where they're jagged and they're broken. And uh, what I saw in the vision during praise and worship was, as I looked over the kids, was Jesus came in and he put those, those hearts together. But there was still a scar. So I became emotional. Um, but I saw the Lord come around and take his finger and rub it right down the scar and it disappeared. And I saw that in those kids. I saw those are broken hearts, those that are there still with scars, and those are set free. I'm telling you all that is good ground. And if you get to go down there, do it. I didn't think I was going to go again. And if I don't know about a water well business, if I had to climb hills like that, and my <laughs> ankles, but Pastor let me stay and watch the wells a lot while he ran up and down the hills. So it's a great blessing, y'all. I hope and pray you get to go, but if you don't, every prayer, every nickel, every penny, every dollar, you put in there, it's a blessing. It, it's good fruit. You're getting treasures in heaven. Amen. I'm blessed every time I go down there, um, probably four or five times, uh, to see the kids, the, the situations, that the stories that Tracy tells, and then they're just smiling and wanting to love on us. And, you know, the transformation of what God's love has done in their lives is just amazing. It makes me not uh, want to complain when I'm inconvenienced a little bit here in my life. Um, I saw my business, uh, you know, I took a week off and was pretty busy, so I saw my business uh, grow while I was gone, so don't be afraid of that if you want to go. Um, and we're going to keep sowing into that ministry um, because I believe that, I mean, you, you just see it. And if you don't can't see it from the transformation pictures, you need to go experience it for yourself because those kids just point out their love towards us. And it's amazing to see um, 
15 years, the the kids that are now old enough that were, you know, little three, four, five-year-olds that are now old enough to go to college and, you know, one's in Madrid and Spain, and then another one's getting married soon. And so it was really uh, amazing to see that transformation and get to bless those kids. So uh, I'm, I know I'm going to keep supporting that um, as much as I can because I know that the promise of sowing and reaping, um, I believe that with the right heart, as we sow in there, you're going to be blessed by that. And just like when I used to, when I pray over the offering about you're going to sow more and be blessed more, and then you just keep adding that in there. And it's amazing to see we've poured so much money and so much effort into that orphanage, and there's 135 kids, and the amount of work that still needs to be done. So I wish I could have stayed longer to help and weld on more stuff, but um, it's a life-changing um, experience if y'all want to go down there and and bless those kids. So, yeah, praise God. Um, so, just so you know that you know we're not we're not through at the orphanage. That wasn't the last thing. We just got the church built. Uh, I'm glad to say that the church that we built is better than our church. It's got a better sound system than our church. Everything we did for them was better. The Lord told me a long time ago. You can't give to somebody, you're not really giving to anybody if you're not doing something for them better than what you've got. And I, I was thinking about, you know, probably it was in the early 80s or maybe the late 80s, excuse me, probably 87, uh, 88, when Living Waters Church took their first mission trip into Mexico. And I can remember that we took about $3,000 and put a roof on a church. And that was the, kind of the first thing that we did. And over the years, we've been working with churches and building churches and putting roofs on churches, and then build a whole structure. We've got many built in Mexico, but we've never done anything quite like this. This is the greatest uh, size building, the biggest of everything that we've ever done, and it was just so cool to stand there and to see it, but what really blessed me was having the older college girls come back that we've known since they were three or four years old come up to me and, and hug me with tears in their eyes and say, thank you. You've always, your church has always been here. You've always come, you've always supported us, you've always loved us. And we, we, we realize this, and now we have this place that we can come and worship God. And thank you so much for it. And they just had tears in their eyes and were hugging me. And it blesses me because, yes, I'm a part of, you know, Ivan's ministry and, and together a lot. But as far as being there every day in and day out with the kids, we're not. You know, we're in there two or three times a year, whatever, but they never forget you. They never forget you, never forget one of the... Uh, Young girls, uh, Jennifer came up to Joseph and she said, I remember you. And he hadn't been there for four years. And she walked up and said, oh, I remember you. You're, you're Pastor Robert's son. And, and so, you know, it, it just touches my heart that, 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 it, that it impacts them that much. Amen? And so, you know, like I've always said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like your stockbroker. I give you good investments, good places to do investments. And so we're going to continue to work down there. We've got to do, for some reason now, we've been placed in charge of all the well drilling since we made water. And you should see this. Chad told me, he said, all you got to do, Robert, it's really simple. They gave me instructions for life. He says, here you take, you just take the little pump saver and you just look here. It says L1 and L2 and L1 and L2 in and out. And you just take it over here and you just put these two wires over here, just put them in another. And you just put these two wires, put them in over here. That's all you got to do. Well, I mean, come on, that sounds pretty simple, right? I get down there, it's a wad of wires coming, everything. Nothing looks like he showed me. First thing I did was get on the phone and call. 
this isn't what you told me. I got wires going everywhere. Thank God I had Frankie with me, and we're just kind of like, you think this will work? And I don't know, let's try this one and put it in here. And so, but we got it, praise God. And so, we, like he said, we, we really more than tripled their capacity of water just by working it this way, but we still got one well to bring online, and we got another well to drill, and so they're expecting us to come back down there and do that. But, Christy, do you have those videos? I wanted to show you these videos. They're just, they're not, they're just about a minute apiece, but uh, this is the kids singing. It's not all the kids, it's just part of them. Okay, now they stayed up there singing. Now watch this. Watch video two. That's them singing English. Football. So here we got, we got kids that were being, you know, horrible situations out of the dumps, abused. Their whole lives were just going to be shipwrecked, and now they're in a big old church singing, it's my father's house in English. Praise God. So, man, I'm just so happy. I sat there and just bawled when they did that because I didn't know they could all, they're, they're, we've been developing the English language school there, but I didn't know that they were all that good, and they started singing, I was just like, so anyway, praise the Lord. So uh, anyway. Um, I want to share this with you, you know, the, the plan, we've been reading the plan, been doing the, the, the plan, which is basically as a church, we're reading one chapter every week together as a family, honoring the Word of God, honoring God. So this week's plan is John chapter 17. And so if you have that, the phone app, the Waterhole app on the phone, or if you go to the website, I did a video, I did a video down there. And so forgive me the way I look, I... I, I uh, you know, I was climbing up inside the up and down the side of the mountain myself, and I was tired. But anyway, so the John 17 is the plan this week. Got the video on the website and also on the phone app, thewaterhole.net, and you can go to that. But anyway, so get your Bibles out this morning, and I want you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter three. I found out that that uh, Lex had preached on this on Wednesday night out of Ecclesiastes three. So uh, I feel as Holy Ghost. I'm still going that direction. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9. I want to put something in your hearts this morning. Or actually, I don't want to put something in your heart. The Holy Ghost wants to put something in your heart this morning. Ecclesiastes 3, 9. It says, What profit is a worker from that in which he labors? I've seen the God-given task which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also put eternity in their hearts. Everybody said he put eternity in their hearts. Come on, say it like you mean it. He put eternity in my heart. Say it again. He put eternity in my heart. Whether you realize it or not, church, this is what the, I've been preaching for a long for, for the last several months, is about you having a sin consciousness, that we need to walk in grace. We need to walk in, the, in, in, in what really grace is, knowing who you are in Christ. But what stops us from walking in the benefits of God and the blessings of God and all the things that God has prepared for us is that we have a sin consciousness. We keep ourselves, the devil keeps reminding us of what we're doing wrong, or the devil keeps reminding us of how we failed, or the devil keeps showing us our faults. 
But what I want you to grab hold of today, if you grab hold of nothing else I say, I want you to grab hold of the word that it says right there in Ecclesiastes 3.9, that God has placed eternity in your heart. Whether you realize it or not, you are an eternal being. You are a spirit that is going to live forever. You're going to live forever wherever you choose, heaven or hell. But if you choose heaven, and you're going to live in eternity in heaven, God has placed eternity, it says, in your heart. In other words, the things that we do in life have to have eternal value. Hear what I'm saying? I no longer, I'm 57 years old. I'm not that old. I've got a lot of miles left in me. I got to get myself in better shape. But I tell you, I got a lot of miles left in me because when I see those little kids' faces and I look at there and I see what's going on and I see lives are being changed and their eternities are being changed, it makes me want to do more. Now, we just built a $400,000 church, but I want to do more. I'm telling you, there ain't nothing going to stop me. I want to do more. I want to see the, I want to see the, 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 when I entered the courts of heaven, the things that I did on this earth had such eternal value to it that it just stretched for miles and miles and miles. I want everything that I do, everything that I touch to have eternal value to it. Well, what does the devil want to do for us? He wants to kill, he wants to steal, and he wants to destroy, right? John 10, 10, right? He wants you to get tied up with anger. And you waste your eternity or your, what's on the inside of you that has an eternal reward to it. He wants to, you to waste that on being offended. He wants you to waste your time on, on being angry. He wants you to waste your time on and spend your money on things that don't have any value to it. Come on. Look at the person beside you and say, man, he's preaching good. The enemy is constantly wanting to get us, our, 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 our tails all twisted. He's constantly wanting to get us out of the view of what's really in your heart, that you are an eternal spirit and that everything God does in our life is for eternity. Look, you may not like me, but you better get used to me because you're going to have me for eternity. If you're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. And we're going to be with each other forever. So you might as well get to liking me now. All right? Because you're not going to get rid of me. I'm around forever. So everything that God does has an eternal purpose to it. Hear what I'm saying? Everything God does for you has an eternal purpose to it. Listen, is God going to stop loving you when you get to heaven? You say, well, God God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you say, oh, he loves me now. No, God's love for you is eternal. Everything God Almighty does for you has an eternal purpose to it. God just doesn't want to bless you one day and help you pay your bills, bless your business, just enough for you to survive. God has an eternal purpose in everything that he's doing. He has eternity wrapped around everything. God has eternal mercy for you. Hear what I'm saying? What happens? See, we want to get focused that we're of this world. This world, everything's temporal. Even these bodies we live in. I was laughing, I was teasing Frankie. We can't, I mean, you got to understand, this orphanage is built on the side of a hill. And, but everything in Guatemala is hilly. There's no flat land. And so no matter what you're doing, on the flattest part, you're standing, you know, at a 25-degree at a angle at least, okay? And so after a while, your feet just get to killing you because, you, I mean, you got to, like, 
you got to like scratch the dirt to find a level place to stand. And in a minute, Frankie, he was trying to come up the hill, and he said, I need a stick. And he got a stick, and he was calling, calling up the side of the hill. And I said, man, you look like Moses over there, brother, <laughs> hobbling up the side of the hill with your stick. But everything God does, he has an eternal purpose. This, this body's wearing out. This world, if you're tied to this world, this world wants you to, you know, you, you, you build a house. I saw a show last night, one of the American pickers, and they were, they were in a house that was built in 16-something, you know, 1690. And it's in pretty bad shape on the outside, but the house was built in 1690. Whoever built that house did a pretty good job because I don't think the way they build houses today, it lasts that long. But everything that's on this earth is deteriorating, is falling down, is getting rest on it, is beginning to rot, is beginning to decrease, is beginning to, to wear, right? Go buy your brand-new truck. It's wearing out. The minute you start it, run it. Right? So you said, I don't want it to wear out, so I'm not going to drive it. So you build a barn, you stick it in the barn, you don't drive it. Well, then the paint's going to get, is everything's going to start to wear. You'd have to put it in a vacuum and seal it, right, for it to stay new. Everything is wearing out on this earth, but God's love is never wearing out. God's love for you is eternal. God's plan for you is eternal. God's purpose for you is eternal. God, everything that's going on in the kingdom of heaven for you is eternal, eternal grace, eternal mercy, eternal love, eternal uh, happiness, eternal joy. Everything's eternal. We got to start changing our thinking from temporal to eternal. Hello? So that's the first thing you got to start to do is you got to start to change your thinking. Everything you're doing, you're going to live forever. Everybody say, I'm going to live forever. Have you ever thought about that? You're going to live forever. Everybody said again, I'm going to live forever. It sounds funny to say that, right? Because you say, oh, well, we just buried old so-and-so the other day. He just ain't on this earth. You got to start to get an eternal mind and an eternal thinking. We're, when I see those, the, the, the kids and I see them growing and I see them, you know, uh, getting married and, and, and going on with their lives and they're going to have children, they're going to teach their children the things of God. And I realized the, that we altered their world here. I mean, you're standing there talking to this, like there's, there's several of the kids that are, that are, you know, they're in their 20s now and you're standing there talking to them and when you're looking, when I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, oh my God, you're so intelligent. You're so, so, so smart there. I mean, we, got, we have kids in electrical engineering school, um, uh, what was, what's, what's Susilla? aeronautical engineering school, uh, uh, we have medical, we have, but we have, uh, uh, huh, lawyer, oh yeah, we have Mimi going, that's, that's entering into law school, listen to me, let me just, let me just shock you here for a minute, she was the mo one of the most abused children we ever had. Her grandmother would wire her with wire to a chair, and, and then men would pay to abuse her. Now she stands, the most unbelievable child, full of life, full of joy, full of happiness, because the gospel went into her life, and Jesus began to work in her life and love. And now, and now she's going to be a lawyer, and her, and her desire, the reason why she's becoming a lawyer is because she believes that God told her she's going to be the next, she's going to be a, the president of Guatemala someday. So she's going into law school. How about that for a change of thinking? How about that for a change of thinking? Yet we live on this earth and all of us, you know, good people here that aren't abused like that, we get offended about something and then we spend most of our life 
going through the offense, not having any eternal reward to it, when we should throw everything away and say, Lord, I just want to live for you. I just want to live for eternity. I want everything I do to be eternal. I want, it, I want today when I greet somebody, when I talk to somebody, I want to have an eternal effect upon them. I want to bless somebody. I want to, I want to, I want to do things, Lord, that have eternal value to them because we're eternal people. You've got to change your thinking. We're eternal people, okay? You're going to live forever. Man's choice, heaven or hell, but we're going to live forever. Amen? Okay, so I want you to go to John 17, 16. John 17, 16. That's our chapter this week. The second thing you've got to start to do is realize what John 17, 16 says. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. You've got to come to the understanding and you've got to begin to say, I'm not of this world. Listen to me. I don't want to build my kingdom on this earth. I want to build my kingdom in heaven. You know how they always say, you know, you can't take it with you, but you can certainly send it ahead. You get that? You can't take it with you, but you can certainly send it ahead. See, we don't know who we are in Christ. And we walk around thinking that if everything works good in this world, then that's everything's we're doing good. But we don't live in this world. We're not of this world. Y'all are looking at me like a cow going through a new gate. So, but Robert, I am in this world. Oh, you're physically stuck here. If you're living for this world, listen to me this morning. If your whole dream and your whole life is to build you a kingdom on this earth, you're missing it. Yes, we build businesses. Yes, we, we do things to earn money and to, to, to do whatever so that we can be a blessing to others on this, this earth. Right? But dollars don't spend in heaven. But you're... Eternal purpose that you fulfill down here on earth does affect heaven. I want to be a person that rocks and moves things in heaven. I want the angels that have to work 24-7 just trying to figure out how they're going to keep me going. I want the angels to say, oh, man, here goes Robert. We're hurry up, get going. We've got, get, we got to get something going in here. I want, I, want, I want to be following the plan that Jesus has for my life so well that Jesus said, man, Robert's on course, man. He's, he's hitting home runs today. We got to, come on, man. We got to stay with him, keep him going. But you got to change your thinking that you are eternal and that you're not of this world. All right? Now, the third thing is that you got to change. Go to John 14, 13. John 14, 13. In John 14, 13, Jesus says here, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, the third thing is you got to understand, why are we doing this? To make Robert feel good? To make Living Waters Church look good? To get money? No, there's only one reason. To bring glory to God. God the Father loved you so much that he gave Jesus, his only son, who died on this earth on a cross for us. And he died. He said, I did it so that I could bring glory to the Father. Right? And then he says over in John 17, he said, now, you got to understand that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me and I'm in you and you're in me. So our job in this life is to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. And you'll never bring glory to God acting like a devil. 
Look at the person beside you and say, is he talking about you? See, the struggle we have in life is finding our purpose and finding our destiny. We wrestle around because we get trapped in our minds saying, this is the way it has to be. And if this is the way it has to be, well, then, you know, we got to make it happen and we got to fight and we got to do this. And we gotta... But the real truth, the truth of the matter is, we've got to come to the understanding that we are eternal. We're going to live forever. And that everything that God does has eternal value to it. And then we got to understand that, man, we're not really of this world. Look, I'm not for having, look, I'm, you know how much, I, I told this last week, you know, I, this is how I'm believing for $900 million. You say, you crazy? I'll take a billion. But $900 million just seems like a good, nice figure that I'm just believing God to get $900 million on my, my hands on $900 million. I gave Frankie permission this week. We were talking about when I was in Guatemala. I said, if I get to acting, you know, like a, a snooty rich man or something, you know, you just slap me down. He says, okay, keep me, keep me in line. But I want $900 million. You know what you can do with $900 million? I don't think I'd be flying commercial. You know, I love going to Guatemala and all, but, you know, it, you have to prepare yourself because it's not an easy trip, though Gray Mayor said so. And... Uh, <laughs> From the time you leave the orphanage to the time you arrive in San Antonio, it's 12 hours. There's no way around it. It's a five-hour flight, but it takes you 12 hours because it's two hours from the orphanage to the city. You've got to be there two hours ahead of time. You get on the flight, which is only two and a half hours. You get to Houston. You've got to clear customs. Which takes you, it took us an hour and 45 minutes to get through customs and, and made it right to the plane. We were, I only got on the plane five minutes before it took off. And then in, into San Antonio, it's 12 hours. And there's just no way around. The time you drive the hour and a half home, I get arrive at the house, 12 hours. to five, five hours. Or less, if we could cut, you know, cross or however they do it. But my point is, it's not easy. It's difficult. Right? Not everything in life is going to come to you easy, though. And you just got to grit your teeth. You just got to bear it. There ain't no way around it. No matter how much I want to think that just because I got an economy plus seat, it's going to be more comfortable. It's not. You still got to go through the headache and the hassle and whatever, but I'm just saying, it takes work. It's not going to come to you easy. And to build your kingdom on this earth just so you can be more at ease on this earth, I would rather suffer on this earth and have ease for eternity. Because I'm telling you, it makes a difference. I'm telling you that your actions on this earth affect heaven. And I'm just determined, I don't care what I got to do, so I'll get in better shape. So I'll buy me some of those soundproof earphones so I don't have to listen to everything. You, you with me? I'll buy a better pair of shoes so I can walk farther. I'll exercise more. I'll eat right to try to get myself to be able to endure because, folks, I want to affect eternity. Are you with me today? I want to affect eternity. I don't want to just live my life on this earth and have conquered and have a great kingdom and everybody say, look how good Robert is. Look how big my house is. Look how big my car is. Look how big my ranch is. Look at how many cows I got. Look at all this. Oh, he was a great man and never did anything to affect eternity. I would rather be Robert that just slips under the radar with 900 million in my pocket, blessing everybody that I can. You know me. I could be seeing the 900 million. Everybody said, that guy, that guy's got money. 
It was so funny because something went wrong with our, my booking. And so we get there and I, I checked in. We had to check in when we left to go down there at four o'clock in the morning. So I don't, I don't function real up four. And so I, I just went up there and checked in. I noticed it was a little strange the way it, it checked me in. It didn't have me and Laura together. And then I get it in there and I get my ticket. And I said, man, I was in like seat 35. I was like, Lord, God, how did I end up? I was in seat 11. How did I get to 35? You know? And so then I go up to the girl and say, man, there's something not right here. And she looks at me and she says, are, well, are you Robert Richards? I said, yeah. And she said, uh, well, there's another Robert Richards booked. And I said, well, it's probably my son because Joseph's first name is Robert. And so I said, look, it, does it say Robert J? And she said, well, yeah, it does. But then she said, there's a Dr. Richards also on here. And so I said to her, I said, well, that's me too. I'm not joking. I, I'm talking to this girl. I said, well, that, that's me too. Why is it on there? And the male uh, flight attendant, or whatever you call him, looks over and says, you're Dr. Richards. And I said, yes, I am. And I'm sure he thought, well, you must be a vet, you know. That's all they ever think. You know, he's got to be a veterinarian. He can't be a... So somehow I was double booked. So there was three Robert Richardses on the plane. Me, Joseph, and Dr. Richards. So I said, well, which one of us has the best seats? <laughs> and she said, well, this one. And I said, I'm him then. I'm that one. <laughs> Throw the other guy out the back of the plane. That's, you know, that's just the way it is. It just happens. I don't know. There's no sense getting mad about it. Just get it fixed, right? Because I'm not of this world. You can't, you got to get loose of this thing. You're not of this world. I want to tell y'all that I was, the, the devil tried to kill me in 85. I lost everything, lost the ranch, lost everything that I had, lost all the family ranch, lost everything, everything. We drove off in a truck. I couldn't afford to put fuel in, but bless God, here I am today. Couldn't stop me. Couldn't stop the word of God going. No matter what's going to happen in life, I'm going to live for eternity. Hello? They're never going to get rid of me. I'm always going to be a voice clearing out in the wilderness. You've got to get that determination on the inside of you today. You've got to say, Lord, you created and you put eternity in my heart. I want to live for it. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, man, that's the best message I ever heard in my life. Now I want to give you one last scripture. One last scripture. And then I'm going to pray for you. I had so many scriptures in here, I thought I'd have got through them all. 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy 6.12. Now, I want to tell you this morning, you're going to walk out of this service. You're going to say, oh, wasn't that nice? Wasn't that sweet? Oh, isn't that good about the kids? Oh, it makes me feel good. Let's go eat. And then tomorrow, you're going to go back to work. You're going to be out there. There's going to be ugly people out there. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. Somebody's going to stop. May get, a, may, may get stopped by a police officer. You, 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 know, you, you're, you may smash your finger. You may want to be provoked and get in a fight. You may want to immediately, because I want to tell you something. You know, the thief comes immediately, the Bible says, to steal. He's not going to let you have much time, but he's going to try to steal this message out of your heart. I'm not preaching doom and gloom here. I'm preaching reality. I can promise you this message he does not want you to have in your heart. He does not want you to hang on to, because he's going to want you to be offended by noon tomorrow. Somebody's going to call and do something ugly. Do you know how hard it was for me 
to keep a smile on my face at four o'clock in the morning when I'm double booked and sitting in, in seat 35. But I knew better. I walked up to the counter. They all were watching me. My wife wouldn't even go with me. She figured it was going to be, y'all watched it in. And I went over there. <clears throat> Man, <clears throat> I work. Hi, I have a wrong seat. I did good, didn't I? Yeah, I had to. They're all watching me. I'm going to see how good pastor could operate. That's what they're going to see. The point is, 1 Timothy 6.12 says this. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Folks, you've got to fight it, and you've got to lay hold of it. You have got to fight, and I don't care if you fight dirty. There is no Marcus of Queensbury rules when you're fighting the devil. I'll poke him in the eyes. I'll kick him in the knee. I ain't doing no Marcus of Queensbury rule fighting the devil. I'll rescue people wherever. I'll do whatever. He tells me my finances are going down. I'll give more. I'll fight him as hard as I can fight him. You've got to get this mindset. You've got to get this reality. You are in a fight on this earth. You're in a fight for eternal life. You have to lay hold of it. You have to fight through it. It's not fun. If you want to know what it's like, it's just like trying to lose weight and exercise when you're older. That is the greatest example. Trying to lose weight. I went down there because he, uh, Chef Juan, he's a, he's a he's a he's a professionally trained chef. We don't we're not going to feed our kids junk. He's a professionally trained chef, and he cooks for all of the kids. But when he he cooks, you know he has. To, Imagine preparing a meal every day, two meals every day for, you know, 140 plus people. And so he, has, he cooks and he, we have all the, the, the proper, you know, food and everything to be the most nutritious meals that they can get. But then when we come, then he gets to do whatever. He gets to, to, to make all and, and express himself by cooking. And he cooks and then, you know, it's all set up just beautifully and he's got little designs on the plates. And I mean, it's gourmet meals. You would pay 50 to 60 bucks a plate for this at any restaurant. It wouldn't taste as good as his does. And he cooks, gosh, I mean, there, there's 100 people on the team plus that. He was cooking the meal for them every day, so he cooks 100 gourmet meals every day, but he loves it. He loves to do this. He loves to express himself. like. So he makes all these little pastries, and then it's got little dollops of ice cream on it and everything. And so I, 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 I've been off sugar for a long time, and, and I'm not eating sugar. And so I said, I'm not going to eat sugar. And I got down there, and he put it before me, and I said, man, don't want to offend one, you know. <laughs> so just once. <laughs> well, needless to say, I got to detox this whole week, you know, to get off of all the sugar I ate when I was down there because it's just so beautiful and it was all set out in front of me and, you know, whatever. So it did. It was great. But that's what I'm going to tell you. It's a fight. It's not easy. Quit thinking the fight's going to be easy. It's not easy to knock someone out in a first strike punch. It's not real easy. I wouldn't know it from ever trying, but I've read stories. Quit thinking you're going to win the fight in one punch. You win the fight because you're not going home until you've won. You hear what I'm saying? You look the devil in the eye and say, I'm living for Jesus. Ain't nothing you're going to do about it. I'm going to heaven. I'm taking as many people with me as you possibly can, and there ain't nothing you're going to do about it. No matter what you do, I'll do it with, you know, two, two good feet, one foot, you know, one leg, 
one arm. I don't care what's going on. Bless God, I'm going for it. I'm going to live for Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my life, no matter what goes on. And there's nothing you're going to do. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. And I am laying hold of eternal life. Amen? So I want you to put your Bibles up, and I want you just to stand to your feet. I want to ask my prayer team to come down. For all of those out there listening and watching the broadcast today, I just want to tell you, man, I'm so glad you tuned in. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He cares for you right out there, wherever you are, whatever country you're in. I want you to know that you can lay hold of eternal life. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Well, right wherever you are, you can call out to him and say, Jesus, come into my life. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. So call upon Jesus, repent of your sins, asking to forgive you, and he will. If you're in this building this morning and you don't know Jesus, you're not sure that if you died, you would go to heaven, I beg you, I implore you, do not walk out of the doors of this church until that matter is settled in your heart. Hello? Do not walk out the doors of this church. Don't go out there in this world and live in this world in the face of adversity without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We got a prayer team up here this morning that will pray for you. But I want to ask you just this morning, I want everybody just to bow your heads, give everybody a little privacy around you. And I want you just to look down into your heart and do you know that 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 if you died today, you'd go to heaven. If you're not sure, you're not sure that I want to pray with you right now. I don't want you just to lift up your hand right there in the, and, and just say, yeah, pastor, you're talking to me. Today's my day. I want to know that I know that I know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to look up here. Everybody look up here at me for a second. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, man, I'm glad you're going to heaven. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, you better like me. You're going to have me forever. Turn around, turn around, and the person's around you, and look at them and say, you know, you may be living by me forever. <laughs> now, everybody say this with me. Everybody say this with me. Say, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> say it again. Say, I'm going to live forever. Amen. Now, grab that person's hand beside you. I'm going to pray for you. Our prayer team's up here. If you've got any other prayers you need, we're here for you. But, Father, right now, I bless this congregation. And I just declare that as we leave and we go out in the world, we're going out with a mindset, Lord, that we know that we know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of our life. We're going to go into this world, and we know that we're living forever. Lord, we're not going to, we're not going to be a part of this world. We're not going to keep a mindset of this world. We're going to have an eternal mindset. And not only are we going to have an eternal mindset, Lord, we know that we're living for your glory to bring glory unto you. And so, Father, I ask you to bless them right now. Put this message sealed in their heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I just declare that today is the greatest day of their life, that they've got hold of a new revelation of you. So bless them, Lord. Bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms.
You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.